Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Baria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Baria. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Docs in a Pod. We come to you every week with a discussion of a variety of issues involving health and wellness for seniors and others. Our guest co-host today is Desiree Murray. Desiree is a nurse practitioner at WellMed Town Center in Mansfield, Texas. She earned her bachelor's in nursing from Abilene Christian University, her master's in nursing from the University of Texas at Arlington. Desiree graduated from nursing school on the dean's list. And as a family nurse practitioner, Desiree has cared for patients for their entire lives, from newborns to 99-year-olds and older. She also, in 2015, earned a Citizen's Award from the City of Koppel for performing the Heimlich Maneuver on someone and literally saved their life. Desiree also uh, was, was named Miss South Lake 2015 and was a contestant in Miss America and Miss Texas pageants. And uh, we won't get her to sing for us today, but as I understand it, Desiree, you're a pretty good singer. I am. Not to toot my own horn, but I am. <laughs> and do you keep up with it? Uh, I do. I do. I still sing. I love it. I sing to my patients, Ron. Seriously? I seriously do, and they love it. <laughs> I bet they do. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about now with our guest is taking a look at health and how to improve it during the summer, and Dr. Joel Walker is a physician at the USMD Mid-Cities Clinic in Bedford, Texas, currently serves as a medical director for USMD. Dr. Walker earned his medical degree from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas, completed his residency at the University of Kansas Medical Center in Kansas City, Kansas. He's board certified in internal medicine and pediatrics. And a side note, years ago in the early 2000s, he co-hosted a movie review podcast with his young daughter. And we were joking off the air, if he did it today, she'd be an influencer who was earning big bucks. But those <laughs> weren't monetized back then, Dr. Walker. No, no, no. There wasn't any kind of income from it, but it was fun. I got a lot of enjoyment out of it and got a lot of bonding with my daughter before she got too old to spend time with dad. Uh, <laughs> well, you you suggested we talk about improving health uh, over the summer. And we have a special challenge this summer and the next and the next and the next. And that's the incredible heat that is impacting America. I, I saw a figure last night on CNN that the ocean temperature around Miami, Florida is 95 degrees. That's hotter than most bathtubs. What is the impact on us with all this heat, Dr. Walker? Well, every year is a challenge in the heat, but this year um, especially so. Um, of course, the worry we have from a health perspective is is serious heat-related illnesses, um, heat exhaustion and heat stroke, but even minor exposures to the heat can impact your health in, in myriad ways. And as you take a look at recommendations for your patients and others, uh, over the summer, and we're now mid-summer, uh, how do we improve our health? What do you recommend? Well, we want to take care to pay attention to the heat outside, make sure that 
we're avoiding going outside and doing too much activity during the the worst of the sun exposure and heat hours like 10 a.m to 4 p.m try and frame our outdoor activities in the earlier morning and, and late in the evening and then when we are outside make sure we protect ourselves from the sun and from dehydration and when you talk about protecting from the sun uh, obviously the concern is developing skin cancer as well as other problems with the skin yeah skin cancer is the long term and potentially um life-threatening result of too much sun exposure but simple sunburn can be as everyone knows pretty inconveniencing so we want to make sure that we're protecting our skin using a high um, sun protection factor sunscreen something with an spf of 30 or more these aren't the days when i was growing up when people would go out with baby oil and try and get a dark tan we want to try and protect ourselves and make sure we're wearing long sleeve clothing when possible lightweight long sleeve shirts wide brimmed hats sunglasses that protect your eyes from being sunburned so uv protection in your sun sun in your eye where there's lots of things we can do to help avoid too much sun exposure it's interesting if you take a look at the historically uh, copper tone ads if you go back 40 50 years they emphasized tanning uh, and darker the better and now of course uh, they emphasize protection uh, from the rays of the sun when i was a kid growing up in ohio in the late 40s and 50s that's 1940s and 1950s uh, we used to go out and put vaseline on our arms and face and hold up uh, a piece of tin foil in order to get even more sun on ourselves. Boy, you'd never do that today. No. Most people are more aware nowadays of, of the risk, but yes, I especially taking care of geriatrics, I see um, a number of patients that are having skin problems in their later years that are wholly um, accounted to the fact that they were out in the sun with no protection when they were teenagers. Hold so, that thought. I'm going, to come, I'm going to come right back to you, but I'm going to let people know who just joined us. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Desiree Murray, and we're talking uh, with Dr. Joel Wayne Walker. Uh, he's with USMD at the Mid-Cities Clinic, and we're delighted to have him with us as we talk about summer, summer heat, and summer health. Uh, one of the issues that uh, we're faced with Dr. Walker, of course, is this weather may be bad for humans, seems to be great for mosquitoes. <laughs> yes, well, mosquitoes and the, the sun, they go together. And this is the time of year for mosquitoes and and avoiding mosquito bites is, is critical as somebody who managed to get West Nile fever um, Two years ago, I, I can say that whatever you can do to keep from getting these mosquito-borne illnesses is is critical. So you oh, actually no. had it? Oh, yes. Um, oh, my gosh. I got it in the summer of 2000. Of course, at that time, running a high fever, I initially thought I had COVID. Right. But, um, the symptoms weren't the same, but they were pretty miserable. How was it diagnosed? Um. Well, I had enough knowledge to kind of self-diagnose. Um, I had a very typical 
typical rash, very typical neurologic symptoms. So I knew there wasn't much I could do for it. Um, I later went and saw my doctor and confirmed it with a blood test, but um, it was mostly just by symptoms. Now, does that linger on or does West Nile now go away? You're West Nile free. I'm West Nile free. It's not like long COVID, but I was six weeks of feeling um, brain miserable, as people describe it. Um, I felt like I'd had a concussion, um, which I have had. So I, I know the symptoms. So wow. it lingered a long time. What was your fever? Um, my fever was low grade, although I had chills and all the symptoms of fever. I never went like above 101 or so, um, but uh, I had more neurologic symptoms, including um, a sensitivity to the skin where my body felt prickly. My grandmother used to call that prickly heat that you can get in the summertime. Yeah. And then I had um, difficulty concentrating and difficulty working for quite some time. I don't think a lot of people know, Dr. Walker, about the symptoms of West Nile, which is important, um, what to look for and the need to go and get examined by a provider to confirm if that's what's going on. Well, with any febrile illness, um, especially in the summertime and anything that's causing neurologic symptoms, I'd recommend not doing what I do and go see your doctor quickly <laughs> get the right <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> No self-diagnosing. <laughs> not the best patient, but I also had a very strong su suspicion of what I had. Well, I think that's why God created Dr. Google, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, as you take a look at uh, the variety of uh, challenges we face this time of year, uh, certainly one is a need to exercise, but nobody wants to go outside and exercise. Well, exercise is obviously important. Plus, summer is, in some ways, the best time to exercise. I mean, you can overcome the heat probably better than you can exercising outside during an ice storm. So um, the thing is, once again, to avoid peak heat hours between 10 and 4. Um, also, paying strong attention to hydration. And people think that, okay, I'm going to go... Um, play pickleball, so I'm going to drink extra water while I'm playing, but that's not doing the trick. You really need to hydrate the day before activity because the important thing is to get the fluids and water into your cells and your whole body, not just into your stomach and in your GI tract. So while it's important to stay up with hydration during exercise, the key to being hydrated is, is um, drinking plenty of fluids the day before. And one way it's interesting. you can tell if you're, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. One way you can tell if you're hydrated, the simple test I told when I was coaching soccer in the summertime is make sure that by noon that your urine is clear, water clear. Um, that's when you're hydrated. If you're still having a lot of color in your urine, you're pretty concentrated and you're not hydrated enough for outdoor activity. It's interesting at the WellMed clinic I go to, they have a color chart hanging in the restroom showing the different colors urine can be uh, from what you need to worry about to clear, which is good. And I appreciate you bringing that up. I also, I'm curious, you mentioned pickleball, the hot new sport. I saw a piece on uh, one of the network news programs 
about how many folks simply grab a racket, go out and play, and end up uh, with a bunch of injuries uh, because they don't stretch, they don't uh, clear with their doctor what kind of exercise they should be doing. What do you tell your patients? When they're wanting to take up exercise, it's um, yes. basically, especially in the summertime, it's important to take it slow. You're not um, 13 anymore, and you're not um, Rocky training for a fight running up the courthouse steps. You need to go out there and enjoy the heat, um, pay attention to it, and be very slow and listen to your body and listen to your reactions. I don't know how we got away from stretching. That seems to be a thing that doesn't happen as often, and I often educate on that. Before and after any activity, you should be stretching to lubricate your joints and muscles to get ready for the activity and then that cool-down portion. Yes. Well, you have to teach people. You got to teach them how to stretch, right? I mean, you could Google that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm safe with you Googling stretches. That's pretty good. Would you agree, Dr. Walker? You can Google stretching. (laughs) There's, yeah, you have to be careful, though. There's a lot of bad information on Google and static stretching where you just kind of lean down, touch your toes and things like that is probably not as effective and can lead to injuries as well so you need to have active stretching and that's something you should google you'll see plenty of um, examples of how you can be moving your body and still stretching your body and then go ahead exercises um, (laughs) that incorporate body stretching like um, uh, yoga and tai chi and pilates um, would be good for for working on your your flexibility and your ability to exercise we're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with uh, Desiree Murray, our co-host today. We're talking with Dr. Joel Wayne Walker. He's with USMD, and we're delighted to have him on board. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson from my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We're having too much fun here off the air. Delighted to be back with you on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Desiree. Uh, Desiree has been with us now several times, and Desiree Murray is an excellent co-host. Delighted to have her with us. And we're talking with Dr. Joel Wayne Walker, uh, who's a physician uh, with USMD Mid-Cities Clinic, and we're delighted to have him with us as well. And Dr. Walker, we were talking about stretching and, and, and where to learn to stretch. Well, when you mentioned that for patients who say to you they're going to start exercising, you remind them they're not 13 years old anymore. Are there any limits that you put on people or do we set our own limits? Well, every person is unique. And I've got patients in their 80s that are very active and on the pickleball court. Um, I had a patient who was partially paralyzed from the waist down who would play tennis. with a friend who would hit the ball to him so he didn't have to move, but he'd still get out in the court and play tennis. 
And then I have other people that are, are probably at risk for doing active exercise like that. Now, one thing as we get older, pay attention to, especially in the summer, is that you can take some of that strain off your body if you do water exercises. So I often will recommend for patients that are mobility impaired or have other um, issues that they find a place to get a good um, water aerobics class or even swimming if they're able. One of the things I enjoy is walking in a pool. Yeah, I enjoy walking in a pool. I enjoy walking in the ocean much more, but um, only when it's <laughs> not 95 degrees like it is in Miami. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as you take, go ahead, Desiree. There's no bottom to the ocean, so that kind of freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, Dr. Walker, when you, when you think about uh, ways in which we can also protect ourselves, uh, talk to me a bit about the kind of vaccines that we need if we don't have, uh, thinking about uh, all kinds of issues that we face. Uh, pneumonia would be one, flu would be one, COVID would be one. What do you recommend to your patients? Well, there's a, a number of vaccines that are always recommended. COVID, pneumonia, flu, usually in the fall. Um, this time of year, what I really concentrate on is those patients that are going on cruises where they're likely to get COVID. Um, I'm actually going to take a cruise in September, so I intend to get a COVID booster um, this month to make sure it's active when I get on there. Um, the other thing is travel medicine. A lot of people are going to exotic places. They may need to be looking on the CDC website at cdc.gov and see what the travel advisories are for Indonesia or South Africa or wherever they're going to find out if they need other vaccines that aren't routine in the United States to help protect them. I've noticed that there, go ahead, Desiree. I know Passport Health is a great resource for travel immunizations. They keep up with that and will help you get up to date wherever you're trying to go. I've seen an uptick in uh, measles being reported. Is that a booster that adults should get? Measles, if you were born, don't quote me on this. I think the cutoff is 1956. Um, but uh, if you're before, born before then, you were assumed to have had measles. Um, if you're born after that, point and you haven't had the measles vaccine, you should get the measles vaccine as an adult. Um, the other uh, thing to look at is if you talk with your doctor, they can do testing to see if you're protected from measles. Measles is largely brought in from other countries, so you'll see it on people that go on foreign trips and um, mission trips and such and then return. And if they have not been vaccinated, they can bring it back to their community. And then. Uh... Uh, what about other diseases that you can pick up traveling? I know polio is one that uh, I was vaccinated against when the Salk vaccine first came out. Uh, it, I'm assuming that most folks are protected against polio. Yeah, polio is highly protected in the United States. Um, I don't think there are cases of U.S.-born um, people contracting polio. Most of the polio we see in our country is in people that were born elsewhere and then came to the United States with the, with the disease. And then what about the pneumonia vaccines that we had mentioned? Well, for adults, pneumonia vaccines, they're misnamed. They're not really pneumonia vaccines. 
They're pneumococcal vaccines. They don't really protect you from getting pneumonia, but getting pneumococcus, which is a bacteria that can cause one kind of pneumonia, but also causes sepsis, which is where the whole body is infected. And these patients wind up in the ICU with organ failure. Um, particularly susceptible are patients over age 65, so they should be up to date on their, their pneumococcal vaccine. Um, other categories of people that should look out for it is people who've had their spleens removed due to trauma or injury and people with other immunosuppression. But um, pneumococcus is readily available with your doctor and something I highly recommend. And then I've read that there's a, a new vaccine coming, if not already available, for RSV, a respiratory disease that affects children, but can be very serious apparently for adults. Yeah, for older patients, once again, RSV can be serious. I am not current on the CDC recommendations for RSV for the general public. Um, I know they've recently changed guidelines for pediatric right. patients, especially newborns, and they should be getting it. Um, but with this new availability, it's something that would be an option for all of my patients. And as you prepare for summer, we're now, as I said, midsummer here in, in early July. Uh, do you have talks with your patients about ways in which to protect themselves as we move into summer? Oh, yeah, we talk about all kinds of various things. I mean, it's it's hard to nail down what I talk with with each patient. Usually it's first from whatever they're going to be doing. If they're going hiking up in the mountains, we'll talk about um, altitude. If we're talking, if they're going out to the beach, we'll talk about ways to protect themselves um, from injury and other exposures on the beach. And Desiree, what about you with patients in summertime? Oh, absolutely. I I often get that, well, I can't exercise all summer, Desiree, because it's hot outside. And <laughs> that's not a valid excuse to not exercise. So then we talk through what other options there are. And I agree with Dr. Walker on the water aerobics. I think that's great for all ages. I mean, even myself being a part of the younger <laughs> generation, the pool will still uh, exhaust me. Um, so I do recommend that. And then hydration is a big, big thing. I mean, hydration is year round, um, but especially in the summer, depending on where you live, the type of environment of heat, um, is it humid? Is it dry? That all plays a factor um, with hydration. And the fact that some people still struggle with hydration just on a regular basis, they really got to amp it up when it's hot. Now, early on, we danced around uh, skin cancer, uh, Dr. Walker. Uh, are, are you uh, uh, helpful in teaching your patients what to look for in the way of cancer bumps and bruises and skin tags uh, to be aware of and to be worried about? Well, um, it's really something that you should discuss with your doctor at your checkups, um, and you should be getting your skin, um, if you have any significant sun exposure in your life, which we all do, you should be get your, getting your skin and looked at. Um, the melanomas have a somewhat characteristic uh, appearance, but they can look like other things. So it's hard for a layperson to look at a new lesion on their skin and determine what it is. So the important thing is for them to, if you notice any new um, skin lesions, you notice growing skin lesions, or you notice any that you're concerned about, have a, your um, clinician, your uh, APC or your um, physician, look at it and determine if this needs further investigation. 
And then how do you know when to go to your PCP or a, a dermatologist who specializes in skin? Well, most of the time, um, primary care physicians are good at doing the initial screening. The dermatologists um, are then our resource for those things that need to be removed. I'll, several, I mean, most of the doctors I work with will do some minor procedures to remove skin cancers, and you can avoid the dermatologist copay altogether. Um, but for you know anything significant or serious, that's where we we send us on to the dermatologist for follow up. And then finally, before we let you go, why is it the older we get, the more skin tags we grow? <laughs> that's that's difficult to really fully explain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, without going into the, all the de details of how the skin develops, um, it's just a function of, of time and, and the effect of um, dysregulation of the skin cells. Anyway, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just a common fact of life. I guess it's just one of the thing, prices we pay for years on this earth. I wake up in the morning and, hey, new skin tag. <laughs> so, Dr. Walker, thank you. You've been a great guest. We appreciate you coming on. And Desiree Murray, you are a fabulous co-host. Thank you very much. I'm Ron Aaron. For Docs in a Pod, we thank you for being with us. Talk with you soon. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. And associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Baria and Ron Aaron.